A river which offers no apologies for its discontent with people who do not know it. This is where the giant serpent continues to live deep down under the ground in a vast network of limestone aquifers. They say its being is porous. It permeates everything. It is all around in the atmosphere and is attached to the lives of the river people like skin. This tidal river snake of flowing mud takes in breaths of a size that is difficult to comprehend. Imagine the serpent's breathing rhythms as the tide flows inland, edging towards the spring waters nestled deeply in the gorges of an ancient limestone plateau covered with rattling grasses dried yellow from the prevailing winds. Then, with the outward breath, the tide turns and the serpent flows back to its own circulating mass of shallow waters in the giant water basin in a crook of the mainland whose sides separate it from the open sea. To catch this breath in the river, you need the patience of one who can spend days doing nothing. If you wait under the river gum where those up-to-no-good mission-bred kids accidentally hang crybaby Sally, the tip of the dead branch points to where you will see how the serpent's breath fights its way through in a tunnel of wind creating ripples that shimmer silver, similar to the scales of a small nocturnal serpent thrashing in anger whenever the light hits its slippery translucent body, making it writhe and wrench to escape back into its natural environment of darkness. The inside knowledge about this river and coastal region is the Aboriginal law, handed down through the ages since time began. Otherwise, how would one know where to look for the hidden underwater courses in the vast flooding mud plains full of serpents and fish in the monsoon season? Can someone who did not grow up in a place that is sometimes underwater, sometimes bone dry, know when the trade winds blowing off the southern and northern hemispheres will merge in summer? Know the moment of climactic change better than they know themselves? Who fishes in the yellow-coloured monsoonal runoff from the drainages, with sheets of deep water pouring into the wide rivers, swollen over their banks, filling vast plains with floodwaters? The cyclones linger and regroup. The rain never stops pouring, but the fat fish are abundant. It takes a particular kind of knowledge to go with the river, whatever its mood. It is about there being no difference between you and the movement of water as it seasonally shifts its tracks according to its own mood. A river that spurns human endeavour in one dramatic gesture, jilting a lover who has never really been known as it did to the frontier town built on its banks in the hectic heyday of colonial vigour. A town intended to serve as a port for the shipping trade for the hinterland of northern Australia. In one moment, during a wet season early in the last century, the town lost its harbour waters when the river simply decided to change course, to bypass it by several kilometres. Just like that. Now the waterless port survives with more or less nothing to do. Its citizens continue to engage in a dialogue with themselves passed down the generations 
on why the town should continue to exist. They stayed on to safeguard the northern coastline from invasion by the Yellow Peril. A dreadful vision, a long yellow streak marching behind an arrowhead, pointing straight for the little town of Desperance. Eventually the heat subsided. When the Yellow Peril did not invade, everyone had a good look around and found a more contemporary reason for existence. It meant the town still had to be vigilant. Duty did not fall on one or two. Duty was everybody's business. To keep a good eye out for whenever the moment presented itself. To give voice to a testimonial far beyond personal experience. To comment on the state of their blacks. To do so was regarded as an economic contribution to state rights. Then, as an afterthought, to maintaining the decent society of...